Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Taco Tuesday. Alex Padilla and Alex Regla are with you here on a Tuesday. Alex, how you feeling, man? Glad to have you back. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm still feeling uh, a little under the weather, but doing better. Um... Yeah, it's just I can't shake this cough I have. Thankfully, uh, it's nothing too serious, and it's just a couple uh, ear infection, sinus infection combo thing that I'm trying to beat. But like the Lakers, I I just can't get can't fully it. healthy yet. Yeah, can't shake it. Um, last week I ended up doing the podcast with Aaron Larsul, which was fun. Um, and you missed, you know, it looked like for a second there, it looked like the Lakers figured something out. You know, they beat the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, AD came back, and you're like, this is going to be the turning point. Maybe, you know, maybe. And then three losses in a row since. Not really the turning point we were expecting. Now, it's just a story of the season, right? It's right. up and down, and uh, I, I've, I'm slowly, as maybe the optimist of the show and maybe on the site, I'm slowly losing <laughs> hope that uh, – everything's going to come together and we'll finally get that team that we envisioned to start the year. Yeah. I don't know if that team exists to be honest with you. Uh, but that's, I guess what we're going to talk about today a little bit because uh, more bad news. I mean, that, there's really no way of, of looking at it other than that uh, today uh, reports, obviously LeBron James did not practice on Tuesday. He is doubtful to play versus the Blazers tomorrow in LA and um, I believe Shams was on that tweeted. There is a chance that he could be out more games due to irritation in his left knee. That's the bad news. The good news, if you believe it, uh, Frank Vogel says there was no structural damage to his knee. So bad news. He's still out. Will be out. Good news. He's not out for the season. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that was the biggest fear, right? Like how severe was LeBron's knee going to be? Um, it still feels like we're not totally sure exactly, you know, the duration, how long he's going to be, how severe it's going to be, how quickly he can, when he gets back on the floor, look like the player he, he was because before the injury, he was playing like at an incredible level and he wasn't the reason why they were losing, you know? So yeah, just a tough blow right when Anthony Davis comes back, like to lose your other star. Um, yeah, hopefully it's not too long. And uh, I, I know it's at least, that Portland game and a few others, but these games really are starting to be magnified in terms of how important they are. What makes it disappointing? Um, not the injury. I think, you know, when you're 37 years old, it's, it's expected that you're going to get beat up more. Uh, obviously LeBron was very like basically the iron man of the NBA and he comes to LA and it's been injury after injury after injury. I don't know how many this is now, like fifth different type of injury maybe that he's missed games for. Um, what makes it disappointing was that in the offseason, you know, I said, and, and I disagreed with Anthony, the fact like this is why you brought Russell Westbrook in. You know, you brought Russell in to be your second guy when one of the guys inevitably is going to go out, the other guy being Anthony Davis because we know how often he gets hurt. And it just hasn't worked out. You know, LeBron's been out and they haven't won anything. And I know that their schedule is getting harder. But that's not going to get any easier. They lost to Philly, uh, Charlotte, and Atlanta, who's a little bit on the uptick. Um, but to me, that's what's been disappointing is that when guys have been out, the two guys that remain as far as the big three have not been able to plug the holes and keep the ship afloat. 
Yeah, it's been disappointing. Like uh, again, uh, like you said, we brought the Lakers brought Westbrook in to to kind of be that buffer. If if an AD goes out, if a LeBron goes out, he's going to be the guy who can step in and just uh, keep the the ship afloat. And it also, like I'm not sure how fair that is for Westbrook, right? Like he he was always going to be the third guy on this team, and for what 80 85 percent of the season, he's been having to be the second guy. And in some cases, like against the Hornets, the guy, and that's just not the player he is anymore. So we've, we've seen the good and the bad with that. And just like you said, just, it's just bad timing. I think that's the thing with this year. Like the timing and all these injuries is the thing that's hurt the most. Like when one comes back, the other one goes out, um, a rough schedule is coming up and then suddenly they're out with everyone. So yeah, it's just a matter of getting lucky and hoping that this LeBron thing isn't too severe. Yeah, hopefully not. He's missed 15 games. I don't know the Lakers record in those 15 games. Um, but I don't think it's unfair to Russell Westbrook. I feel like Russell Westbrook has been one of two his whole career, basically. I mean, obviously, he had the most success when he was with Durant and Harden early on with the Thunder. But he's been the number two or the number one of two pretty much his entire career. And I figured... You know, him and Anthony Davis makes a lot of sense, a lot more sense than him and LeBron James as a pairing. And they just, it's a small sample size. Don't get me wrong. It is a very small sample size. I think I saw a stat that the day, the games where LeBron, Russ, AD, Monk, Carmelo, like the main guys that they all played together. I think there was like four games all season. Wow. And they were four and uh-huh. oh. You know, and it's just like, yeah, they haven't been able to get the guys that they thought were going to be there to be there. But I said this a few weeks ago, and if you remember, like, that's that's the Lakers' reality. Like, the, don't expect them all to be there. I mean, that it is what it is. You got to play with what you got. And so far, they're three games below 500, and we're in February. Yeah, now. you know that's the thing. Like, I I, I had to remind myself a lot of times. Like, the season's not um, too far away from being over. Like, the trade deadline's what next week, pretty soon. So, um. Yeah, like this game against Portland, for example, like, oh, it's just another game. But Portland's only, what, three games behind the Lakers. Yeah. So if the Lakers drop that one, it's a two-game two cushion with LeBron still being out for a few more games. Uh, they're in danger of dropping even more if they don't find a way to, to get some wins. Like you said, that a lot of that may have to come down to Westbrook stepping up even more. I mm-hmm. think he has been playing better of late. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't resulted in any wins, but... Uh, with LeBron being out, AD and Westbrook really have to just step up. And again, yeah. they've both been playing okay, like if not pretty well. And I feel like what's unfortunate too is that, you know, up until, I don't know, this year maybe, Anthony Davis is regarded as a top whatever, 10, 9, 8 player in the NBA. And I don't know if it's just because it's taken a while to come back, but he just hasn't looked that way, you know, this season for whatever reason. Um, Aaron and me talked about the fact that he's noticeably more thinner after the injury, which is good. I think, um, you know, a normal body weight, but he just hasn't been this dominant player that he's been put on this, you know, on that level before he just hasn't been that guy. I mean, yeah, I I've noticed the weight difference to uh, the start of the year and, and now, and I think maybe that's played into why he's looked a bit better since coming back. He's put, he's looked better than I thought he would honestly, uh, after that long layoff, but yeah, like for the Lakers to be where they want to be, they need him to be that type of player you're talking about. He needs to be that top five type caliber player and on both ends. Cause the defense, uh, 
we've talked about both sides of the ball all year, but the defense recently, especially rim protection has been really, really poor of late. Mm. So we would have hoped he's the guy to be the anchor there, right. To protect shots at the rim. And obviously he's not going to be in position every play, you know, the opposition's going to take him out of the play and do stuff like that. But yeah, he needs to, to be that type of guy for them, not only to make the playoffs, but if they have any hopes of going far into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you're right. In those two games that he did play in the losses, he was okay. But that's kind of the problem too, is he suffered a wrist injury and then he missed the game as soon as he came back. So, um, you know, but he's, he, he's 28 years old. He's in the prime of his career and he should be this dominant, you know, that we should be having the conversation of who's better him or Giannis, right? Like that's the conversation. That's, that's the level that he's been compared to. And right now it's not even close. Like right now it's just like nobody in the world would take Anthony Davis over Giannis. And in order for the Lakers to be successful, in my opinion, regardless of where the LeBron is playing or not, he needs to be in that level. I think a lot of this key is on Anthony Davis. He needs to be on that level where, you know, it's, it's a double, double every night. It's, you know, defensively with blocks and steals, whatever you can do being just sucking guys in, he can really has to be that guy going forward for the Lakers to be a team that is going to possess any sort of probability of even a making the playoffs and then doing anything in the playoffs. Cause unfortunately it's February 1st. They have 31 games left. And now the conversation is, dude, are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to make the play in game? You know? So we'll see. So like, I mean, we don't know, again, we don't know how long LeBron's going to be out, but what do you think they have to, is there anyone outside of AD and Westbrook or is there anything team wide that you can, you want them to, to do in this stretch like how do they win games like because they haven't played horrible that's a great question (laughs) how do they win games yeah i mean frank vogel said was it today like we don't have enough scoring when we go big and then if we don't go big it possesses problems matchup wise defensively Mm -hmm. and then we give up too many points so it's like you just built a roster that's not necessarily built to win nowadays unfortunately i think the people that were doubting the moves that that Polinka made in the offseason, they're they're proven to be right so far because if you go big, you can't score enough. And if you don't go big, you can't stop people from scoring too much on you. How do you win games? I don't know. That's a great question. It's a balancing act that Vogel and the staff have tried to figure out all year. And uh, unfortunately, like when they've gone big, like you said, and and I thought it was pretty, pretty telling that Vogel of all people actually kind of admitted yeah like we can't we don't have enough scoring wouldn't do this the spacing's mm-hmm. not that great that's why they've gone small to even begin with recently so i i don't know um I, I think switching out bad combination of players like you you literally have to optimize everything you have here like you can't play um carmelo on center anymore like that's just got to be gone bradley can't play 25 to 35 minutes a game mm-hmm. like you have to at least do things around the margins to give yourself a better chance to win but uh a lot of it does come down to guys like westbrook and ad and and guys like malik monk having to step up even more but like at, what's at the your end ideal it, what's your ideal five like if you're looking at the lakers roster say lebron is healthy what's okay. your ideal five with lebron healthy yeah Oh, okay. So it'd be Westbrook. Um, I would start Monk. I would say Westbrook, Monk, um, Reeves, LeBron, and AD. Exact same five for me. Exact same five. Um, how how confident are you even, like, would we ever get that starting lineup? Oh, starting lineup? I don't think that's a – I think that was – 
I think my question was more leaning oh, towards like, like a, a like a death lineup at the end oh, of the game. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, I know people have big issues with starting lineups, but you know, I think what was it? Who was the player that was it? Was it? What was his name? Why am I forgetting? Javel McGee, who oh, would start oh. and play eight minutes. You sure. know, like I understand that people get frustrated because they think it's a waste of eight minutes, which I get. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like, who are you playing more at the end of the day? Who are you really playing more? And I think that five right there is a five that I trust. I'm, I'm just nervous. Those eight minutes have cost them games like yeah. to start halves. Like I, the Deandre Jordan, Avery Bradley, or even Dwight Avery Bradley. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to single out those guys as reasons they lost games. It's obviously not just them, but to like as a coach or as like trying to figure out how to win games when you're missing your star player, like those, any, all those minutes are just magnified even more, right? Like you can't afford to lose any minutes because you don't have a guy like LeBron to bail you out at the end yeah. of the games. If you, if you give up a little cushion of a lead or, or trail by six points, like if you trail by six points, that's a lot of points for this team to come mm-hmm. back against. And uh, so, yeah, like just the, the, the moves around the margins, but again, what I don't understand is when LeBron is healthy, how he ever, how Vogel ever has a rotation that doesn't have one of the three in it. And I've seen that. I saw it against Brooklyn. You're like, what, what was going on here? Like, that's yeah. literally why you have the three is one of those guys has to be on the court at all times when healthy. There's been, yeah, it's been questionable stuff like that. Uh, again, yeah. it's not all Vogel's fault, but that's one of the things I've also noticed. And um, yeah, those are the types of things like those moves are on the margins. You have to clean those up and literally optimize everything you have here. Cause I mean, the Lakers, obviously, as as we watch them more than any other team, but like, look at Miami. They were without uh, Lowry, without Bam, and what they're still top two, top three team in the East. Like, a lot of teams are missing guys, and they're figuring out ways to win. But the Lakers have just spiraled. Like, so maybe a different way to answer your question is: How do the Lakers win games? It's make a trade and get guys in. Bring make multiple trades. Bring guys in. Um, I don't know what the buyout market is going to look like right now, but the, the trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th. Um, the Lakers have, I guess they have trade pieces. You know, when you look at the contracts of THT, I don't know how Kendrick Nunn has trade value, but I guess he does have trade value. Um, the Lakers have a, what, 2027 first round pick to give away. So those are things that they can maneuver some ways. I don't know if anybody else on the roster is a tradable or B, um, untouchable i don't know i don't know um but my question to you would be is should the lakers i guess it's a it's a it's a question that has multiple yeah, i was arms, gonna say there's, like, there's to two it. questions to it really right are the lakers in position enough to be buyers at the deadline and should they go all in at the deadline it's a tough question right like uh, you would assume a team with lebron westbrook and ad you're absolutely a buyer and, you know, you don't want to think of the, about the future when you have this short window. Um, at the same time, how confident are you that a single move? Because I'm not sure what that, what those assets you just listed off, a THT, a first-round pick, what that can get you in terms of impact player. And are you sure what they can get you back is enough to, to trade those guys away? And are you confident that's going to be the the missing piece that puts you over the top this season, given how everything's gone. So um, if I had to bet on it, I would assume they're going to be really aggressive. Um, and I, I'm, I am pretty sure they value that 2027 pick really highly and uh, 
they've seen firsthand how the last two seasons, how they can easily drop out into the play-in tournament and how valuable that pick could probably be. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting because I, I, THT is a guy we talk about a lot in terms of he's the guy, obviously he's the most uh, available, but he, I'm not sure how desirable he's going to be after the season he's had. And he's going to be a free agent in, I think, about a year or two. Yeah. So a team that's going to trade for him isn't getting this prospect on a, like a team-friendly deal. They're getting a guy who's already on his second contract who's going to be a free agent pretty soon again, and he's going to be unrestricted, meaning you don't have any restricted bird rights on him or anything to bring him back. Like He could just choose where he goes. So yeah. how desirable is that type of player uh, for another team? Well, Bobby Marks wrote something. I don't know if this was today or – yeah, this is actually today – uh, I'll just read it to you directly. And then you tell me what you think here. Uh, so he says, there is no, there is no major roster shakeup coming. And then last week, Alex, you also, uh, we, you weren't here to talk about Ramona Shelburne's article saying, and then no plan B, this is it. Y'all traded for Westbrook. You're, you're going to deal with Westbrook. He's not going anywhere. The, that is the, the motto of the front office. There is no plan B, but you can make adjustments to plan a Bobby Mark says this quote, Los Angeles could package, uh, THT none in a deal, but the most it can bring back in salary is 18.1 million. That would barely be enough to trade for someone like Pacers, big man, miles Turner, 18 million, and just short of the necessary matching salary to get Jeremy Grant, 20 million from the Pistons. In the latter case, the Lakers would need to add one of their minimum salary players to make a deal work. But even if the Lakers attached an unprotected 2020, 2027 first round pick, they would likely get outbid by another team. I mean, because that, like, if you if you are an outsider looking at the Lakers, the absolute best thing they can give you if you're trying to offload a dude is that package right there, right? Yes. Unless you can, whatever word, swindle someone into taking you can Russell throw Westbrook. In six seconds, but that's <laughs> I mean, it. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't see a massive Russell Westbrook blockbuster coming. I don't see a John Wall swap coming. I've seen that rumor before. Um, and who else? Everybody else is on veteran minimums right that's it that those names he listed off that's gonna if they make a trade i i would be shocked if it's not those names um unless it's a smaller trade of course like yeah. it's a he minimum did, for another minimum bobby marks mentions uh you could move deandre jordan kent baysmore in a similar deal to the way they did with rondo which opens up a roster spot creating significant luxury tax savings in the process I could see that. I mean, they're not <laughs> even playing, so I mean, whatever, <laughs> yeah, right? Like uh-huh. at this point, uh, they also have trade exceptions of two point eight and one point seven million to potentially add a low salary player and fill an open roster spot with. That's it, man. So when we yep. say, you know, going back to your original question, how do they win games? And I say, should they go all in? All in is not that much, you know. Like if you're if you're a poker player, you know and you go all in, chances are the other team in front of you, the other player in front of you has more to go all in with. So they'll still keep playing if you go all in and lose. But, and, and what do you think? Do, they, do you think they should go on, all in at this point? I think at this point they have nothing to lose because in my opinion, unfortunately, with a small, small sample size, THT has not shown enough of a progression at this moment to make me believe that he's going to be a cornerstone piece of a championship t- caliber team. Now, I've said this before. Could we come to regret this trade in three or four years? Sure. We've seen this before. You know, obviously at the end of at the end of the day, it's all worth it because they traded for Anthony Davis and they won a championship. So whatever happens to a, De- uh, a Mark Ingram, uh, you know, all the, the guys that they drafted, 
Julius Randle even like, yeah, they've turned into great players and we might regret it, but it all led to a championship and that's what matters. But I mean, in my opinion, I think going all in is not that crazy. I mean, obviously is it exciting to get miles Turner? Not really for me. Is he going to come in and like make you a significantly better team? You can answer that question better than I can. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I've been thinking about the THT a lot lately in terms of uh, what his future is going to be. And um, obviously, he's the guy, if they make up any kind of impact trade, he's going to be going out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about just, again, bringing up his contract, like you mentioned, his season this season um, hasn't been what a lot of fans expected. Um, he He's, what, the fourth highest paid player on the team? Yeah. Um, he hasn't played like it, obviously. Um He's what, 22 now? He's going to be a free agent again in, I believe, two seasons. So he has one more season and then he could become, he has a player option that he can go into unrestricted free agency. So, are the Lake, if you're a Laker or a front office, how confident are you that come that summer, you're going to sign him to a big deal and he's going to live up to that deal? Right. Or do you try to get out ahead of that and trade him now? although um, you're probably trading him at his lowest trade value, yeah. right? Yeah. But at the same time, you're getting out ahead of being put in a situation where you let him walk for nothing, like they did with a Julius Randle, like they did with an Alex Caruso. Um, so uh, obviously he can turn things around and, and earn that contract from the Lakers or another team. But I, I'm, I, I do wonder uh, if they see this as not so much THG as a prospect anymore, but THT as a guy that they're not fully committed to and thinking, well, we have a short uh, term window anyway, let's see what we can get from him and attach that first round pick and see what that can bring back. And even if it doesn't win us a championship, we at least get uh, uh, someone in and we didn't lose him for nothing. So I, 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 I'm really curious what THT's future holds with this team. Yeah. I think his future is not with this team. I, I, if I, if I was a gambling man, I would probably say it's not with this team. I, I think uh, that's where I'm leaning to. Yeah, even I don't know what can be done in the offseason even to try and upgrade because this, this is a now, now problem, obviously. But the Westbrook LeBron AD is also next year's problem, I guess, if you want to put it as a problem. Um, and combined, I think they're going to make $125 million, just those three. So I think THG gets moved either now or in the offseason, regardless, to be honest with you, they got to clear up. I don't know. I, it, they got to bring, they got to do something. THC is not the answer. That's basically what I'm getting to is he hasn't proven yet in this season that he, and he's had opportunities to prove that he is a game changing type player. And he's just simply not at this moment. Unfortunately, I think with the move of not bringing back Caruso too, I don't want to keep hammering or belaboring the point, but really like who would have been more valuable this season to have? I think Caruso is a clear like the way he plays, what the Lakers need, they chose wrong. And I, I, and I know some people don't think it was a choice, but I do. I'm in the void that it was a choice. So if they can somehow find a way to even bring in a Caruso type player for THG, that would be a significant difference. That's the thing. How, how, what, what caliber player are they willing like to trade THG for? Are we talking about, is it only a Jeremy Grant, Miles Turner, or is it, do they aim lower and say, right. maybe they can get a Eric Gordon, and he's not obviously he's not going to be the guy who puts them over the top or not, but he might help them win more games this season and maybe in the playoffs. Do they kind of um, lower their expectations in terms of what they can get back for THT? It's going to be interesting because uh, 
again, the trade deadline's coming up and they don't have a lot of uh, assets in the cupboard left to kind of play around with. Right. And listen, we're, we're, we're not going to specifics of trade rumors because they're going to change in the next nine days. The trade deadline is on Thursday, February 10th. Shoot, even we'll have another podcast next week to talk about the game after the Bucks. But still, if you're listening to this and then you listen to this podcast network regularly, you're going to listen to a lot of trade discussions and zero in on certain players. But I think the at at the end of every podcast, you'd be like, well, THC is in every trade scenario. He's in every single trade scenario. He will be in every single trade scenario. So we'll see what happens there. It's a very interesting time to be a Laker fan because – I don't remember being as down as I am right now. Cause even last year with LeBron and AD, they, they kept the, the, the boat afloat, you know, like they were still showing, cause I think it was more of a complete roster last year. I think that's more evidence now that you're, that you got this sample size in front of us. They were just a more complete roster. Frank was able to coach that team to win games. And this one, I don't know, man, just a bunch of old dudes playing basketball. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, it definitely feels different than last season. And even last season felt so different than the championship season. It just feels like the last two years combined, it's just kind of a team on paper versus the team we see on the court and those things never matching up. Yeah. Like we sold ourselves last off season and this, this team was going to be like unbeatable. Like yeah. they got this two six man of the year. They added that to a championship winning formula. And then obviously injuries happen and things didn't work out. And then this season they had all these names and you add a Russell Westbrook and we have these hopes and, and like images in our head, what's going to look like. And we could talk about if Westbrook's been a disappointment or not or whatever, but at the end of the day, we haven't really even seen it. We haven't seen those three mm-hmm. play what four games in a row, three games in a row together. I don't even know how many games they played total. Yeah. So I, we're at a point where even if they do a big trade or roster makeover, does it even matter? Like it's like the chemistry is already kind of messed up as it is in terms of continuity and stuff. So I don't know. They're, they're in a tough spot where they're playing to, to stay out of the play-in, but looking like they're going to be in the play-in. So it's just it feels like every month we've been able to blame somebody or something for everything that's gone wrong, or somebody has been trying to blame somebody or something for November, the beginning of the season, Russell Westbrook's not fitting in December LeBron's hurt. January, uh, D- December and January, COVID dismantles the team. January, Frank Vogel is getting fired. Anthony Davis is hurt. You know, there's been just something every single, every single week almost. There's like a new story coming in. Um, so there hasn't been a good. I believe they have one long win streak this year. I'd have to look it up. I think. Yeah, I don't won, know. What they would won it be? four. They won four games from uh, New Year's Eve until the seventh. They wow. Beat, the Blazers, the Wolves, the Kings, and the Hawks. And since then, they have gone three and eight in the last 11 games. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of, uh, yeah. Most, if you're riding a roller coaster, you're like, dang, this one has a lot of downhills, not a lot of ups here. So <laughs> that's kind of where we're at. Uh, Alex, um, obviously in Laker land, uh, you, you look ahead of the schedule and it's pretty daunting, man. It's pretty daunting. Uh, they have 31 games left. 17 of them on the road where by the way they are awful on the road have you seen their road schedule their road record nine what and is fi- it nine and 15 oh okay uh 16 of them will be against uh teams currently above 500 Ele- only 11 comes against with teams below 500 six of their final 10 games will be on the road seven of those will be against current playoff teams 
The Lakers still have to play the Suns two more times, the Warriors three more times, the Jazz two more times, and the Nuggets two more times. Uh, those nine contests all come in the final 25 games of the season. Shout out Jacob Root for writing that information <laughs> on today on SilverScreenRoll.com. I just laid it out for you. Uh, so if they are going to figure things out, they're going to be doing it on the uphill. It's not going to be easy. Yeah, I mean, best case scenario, they get healthy and they – they beat a lot of good teams and they, they kind of make up for lost time in the process, but I'm not sure how likely that's going to be, but um, it's definitely going to be a challenge. Uh, they they're what ninth currently in the standings right now. Yes. And they're going to play a lot of teams that are right in front of them in the standings. This is a chance to, to make up some ground, mm-hmm. but I mean, they have to, to beat these teams. It's funny. Cause like only like a few weeks ago, we were like, well, they're only like two games behind the four seed. You know, that's not the case anymore. You know, that they've they've built themselves a, a long battle. They're currently ninth and they're five games out of the sixth seed, which is out of the play-in. And that's where the Dallas Mavericks are. Uh, and luckily for the Lakers, the West has turned into the East because the West is awful and the East is really good this year. So um, that's the only reason why the Lakers are even remotely sniffing a play-in game is because they're in the Western Conference because... Yeah, the Hawks have a better record, and they're the 10th seed right now. So the Lakers have the same record as the Knicks in the East, and they're in the outside looking in. But we'll see what happens. I guess we should finish the way we always finish, right? I mean, they do have four games. They have a back-to-back starting tomorrow, both in L.A., although one is a road game. Uh, The the Clippers have been playing better, right? The Clippers are 5-5 and in their last 10, but they're 26-27. and They They play the Blazers tomorrow. Who are still without Damian Lillard, who we said they're right, the Blazers are right behind them. They play the Clippers, they play the Knicks, and they play the Bucks, all in LA, even though technically one is on the road. These are some winnable games, man. Like these are some winnable games. I know we were like doom and gloom about the future schedule, but these three of the next four are winnable games. Yeah, I mean, in, in theory- I wouldn't even say the Bucks <laughs> is a winnable game. I mean, they beat the Nets, I guess, but. That was without Kyrie and NKD, but what do you think, man? You got um, three nationally televised games, by the way. TNT, um, ABC, and TNT. Hmm. Yeah, let's be optimistic. Let's say they go three and one. Wow. Let's do it. Let's. Why not? And, I would. Yeah. What do you think? Sport betting. Sport betting is going to be legal in California. I think in November. I think it's coming. If I if it was November right now. I would bet a lot of money that they don't go three and one. Yeah. Oh yeah. If I was betting money, I would not pick three and one, but right. in terms and of you, podcasting, I would. Yeah. By the way, real quick, I, I forgot. I wanted to mention this, but since we're at the future schedule, if you are a broke Laker fan, now is your time to go. And I put myself in this category. I've been priced out of many Laker games in the past. That is not the case right now. If you want to go watch the Lakers tomorrow night against the Blazers, you can get in the door for $26, $26. This isn't Clippers. This is the Lakers we're talking about. You can go, you could actually sit in like the front, not the front row, but you can sit in the lower, lower section right now in row 14 for $168. That's pretty good. That's crazy good. That's like, that's like an eighth of a bad bunny ticket. (laughs) You can see Austin Reeves live in person. 
I mean, the only the only shining light we have on the Lakers so far. <laughs> no, Malik Monk has been awesome. I would no, he's to, been great. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if the Lakers will be able to afford him, but I would love. I think he's going to get paid. He's proven that he's, I don't know how much he's going to get paid, but he's not a vet, he's not a vet minimum anymore. That's for sure. Uh, but hey, Alex, you live in L.A. You should go watch Lakers. Yeah, man. let's go support the team. Let's go. I'm going to be see. I'm going to be in L.A. next week. I'm I'm going to see if I can for the Super Bowl. I'm going to be down there. Mm-hmm. or up there um i'm gonna see if i can get i but those tickets aren't gonna be cheap for the bucks game right no or i just looked it up i can sit at the top for 58 dollars and watch Giannis. there you go that's really good that's really good so anyways uh i'm gonna go two and two and that's me being optimistic by the way um, I, I, I do hope that two and two, if they go two and two, they beat the Blazers and Clippers. They, they need to beat their, the teams right in front of them. Um, especially if it comes down to tiebreakers, anything like that, these games are going to start mattering. And, uh, that, yeah, that game against the Clippers is pretty important. They're really, I think a game up on them. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that, that should be a game. They really try to win. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping they're trying to, they're trying to win every game, yeah. <laughs> but well, hopefully LeBron comes back, you know, hopefully, <laughs> If it, they're saying it's more of a precaution why they're keeping him out, they don't want to risk a major injury, but I don't trust the Lakers with any injury update ever. Um, so hopefully he's back soon. If not by Saturday against the Knicks and Tuesday against the Bucks, because man, they need him. They need him. And hopefully AD can, you know, dominate these games upcoming too as well. So we'll see what happens. Alex, this has been fun. I hope you feel better. I know people can't see you, but you've been coughing this whole time. You must, <laughs> you're powering through, man, and I appreciate it. You got, you know what? I after watching the Lakers all year, I, I've, uh, I've, I, you got to just play through it, right? You just gotta be available. Being available is the most important uh, skill. Your best so. ability is your availability. There you go. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you were available today, and this podcast is available to you. On Spotify, Apple, you like that transition, by the way? Uh, Spotify, Apple, any Google Podcast Network, we are there. Just subscribe. There is a podcast every day. And also, Alex, Bill, behind the curtains, we had a meeting yesterday with the whole podcast team. Mm-hmm. Shout out to everybody. We're breaking records, man. That was, that was a really cool thing to hear. Yeah. Anthony gave us a lowdown. When we started this venture, was it two years ago, three years ago, whatever, me and you? Yeah, yeah. It's been, yeah, already. It's been a wow. while. Um, you know, the numbers were okay. But now the numbers are just impressive. So shout out to everybody who uh, subscribes and downloads to this. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, give us a follow. At Alex M. Regla on Twitter. You are very positive on Twitter, though. I'll give you that much. I try to be. Yeah. I try to be just in general as, yeah. as a rule of thumb for life. But uh, yeah. I have, I have officially stopped tweeting during Laker games. I just find myself getting mad. So I don't want to. I don't do it as much anymore either. I, I like to just kind of just relax and watch just the game. Sit back and watch. And if I got to turn the channel, cause it's bad, then I turn the channel. <laughs> so I'm at Alexpedia 86 and we are taco Tuesday. And we'll be back with you guys on next week on Tuesday after they take on the bucks. Alex, always appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Talk to you Thank next you, week. Thank you, man.